Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I had a lot of fun last week preaching, and I sometimes have more fun than other times, but um, can anyone remember what I preached about last week? Oh, a few people, okay. So we, we preached about the, uh, the Spirit-filled church, and uh, we did a bit of journeying through Acts, and he's like, I used to be a teacher um, back in the day, it was like a long time ago now, but, and I'd come to my year 10 boys and ask them, hey, what did we do last lesson? They'd look at me going, I've got no idea. Is the answer football? I don't know. Um, and so... Let me ask, can anyone remember the six things that perhaps you can, if you take, took some notes, you can go and cheat a little bit. Can anyone remember that one of the six things that I might talked about last week? Can anyone yell it out? We are a praying church, okay? We're a praying church. What's number two? What's that? We're a prophetic church. We are not just commentating right now. We're looking to the future for the purpose of not just foretelling what's ahead, but to set people free, to see deliverance taking place, to see people's lives turned around. Number three, we're a worshipping church. We are a church that just like David did, that they might take six steps. And then on the seventh day, what do we do? We lift up a praise to the Lord. We come to before Him and we praise Him. We place Him at the centre. What's number four? We're a church of miracles. I'm believing that we are a church of miracles. I touched on um, very briefly last week that, that there is a dark world out there. And that signs and wonders and miracles are what opens people's eyes to the goodness of God. And so we are a miracle church. Number five. Is it number five? I'm up to Number five, yeah. We're a connected church. I mentioned three words. I want us to gather. I want us to do the big. I want us to be connected in connect groups. I want us to do the small. But then I want us to be known as well. My heartbeat is that if everyone can have this testimony that I'm known by somebody and I know somebody, you will walk through most, if not all, storms. And uh, it will position you really well. Hello, babe. You're back. Did the boy get down okay? He's all right? My, my little boy, he was so excited. If you see him today, he's wearing a, uh, an NBA jersey. Like, he's wearing a basketball jersey. And he, like, the last two days. It's not an NBA. It's probably from Kmart, actually. Um, and so it's the Kmart version. But he was so excited to wear his, his, his jersey today. He was very excited. But number six, number six, what are we? We're a giving church. We're a giving church. And so my prayer is that if you're away last week, if you, if you want to be able to let that word get on your heart and speak, then my prayer would be that go and dive into that. And, uh, but this week, I actually felt the Holy Spirit just reveal an encouragement to us as a church that we actually are doing these things. <laughs> Sometimes we preach a word about who we're going to be and what we want to be, and we think, oh, does that mean we're not that? No, 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 we are that. But what the Holy Spirit revealed to me is actually that there is, we're, actually, we're, at, we're at the iceberg tip level. There's so much more. We're just getting started in this stuff. And that we are going to see just a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit across these things. And I am just so excited for that. And I just I had a word, I had a, um, a scriptural reference I want to just go through and speak with us here today, just as we kick off. It's from Ezekiel chapter 47. And it says, uh, this is Ezekiel, he has a, he has a vision, he has a moment uh, where, he, where God reveals some pictures and words and thoughts to him and says, in my vision, a man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. We've got to understand and remember these times, contextually, the temple was where the presence of God was and that there was a power at the temple. And there, I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. So you can get this picture, there, there's the temple, the temple doors, and there's a stream flowing out from underneath 
the temple doors. And I passed into the right of the altar on, on its south side. And the man brought me outside uh, the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see water flowing out through the south side of the east gate. And measuring as he went, he took me along the, along the stream. And each time, 1,750 feet, what he did, he went 1,750 feet and he realized that at that point there was ankle deep water. Then he went another 1,750 and there was knee deep water. Another 1,750, waist deep water. Another 1750, they got to the place where no longer could they stand in the stream. That would actually pick them up. It would actually, it, it actually have to swim in that sort of, uh, that sort of time. And then it says in verse 6, He asked me, have you been watching some of men? And I felt the Lord say, have you been watching? Uh, you've, you're in ankle, knee, waist deep water. Have you been watching? And then it led me back to the, the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on the sides of the river. I love it. I was surprised. I actually sense that the days that we are moving into right now, that we're going to be surprised about what God is going to do. That where there were no trees growing, there are now trees growing for Jesus. And I believe that there is going to be life and fruitfulness that flows. And I, I actually, in the last probably two or three weeks, I've had people in my office and they've come and said, hey, Dan, can we catch up and can we chat about life and, and just basically, you know, talk through about where they're at. And uh, there's been a bit of a common thread, a common theme coming from each of them recently is, is that they utter these words along the lines of, and I can see a few of you guys right now, so I won't point you guys out, but along the lines of, I would never have guessed in a thousand years that I'd find myself seated in a pastor's office talking about the realities of my life right now. And I... It's like this surprise that comes to them. And I'm so excited to see the testimonies. And by the way, we're actually going to hear another testimony today on this, this series, this, 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 this month, I want to be able to, to hear some testimonies flowing in the house of God. But I love the testimonies of those people who are with me sharing about the fact that there is a surprise of what God is indeed doing. And I believe that's the river of God. I believe that's the presence of God. I believe that we, the church, carry His presence, then we are indeed going to see and be surprised by all the trees, all the health, all the people with lives transformed come up around those river banks. But we've got to find ourselves in the river. In fact, I won't go read it today, but the back end of this particular scripture says that, that life was not found in the swamps and in the marshes. Where the river was not flowing, there was not life. The scripture, it goes on to say, so when I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river, then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert. How many rivers do you know flows through a desert? God is not bound by anything. <laughs> he's above all. He's God Almighty. And sometimes might feel like even our lives right now, it feels like a desert right now. <laughs> the river of God can flow and flow mightily through the valley, um, and, and sorry, through the, through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. And the waters... This, so this stream, the, the stream that flows from the temple, the presence of God, will make the salty waters of the Dead, uh, Dead Sea fresh and pure. Fresh and pure. 
that the dead things that previously could not exist, that could not live, that the freshness, that the presence of God, the, the transformative power of God, the Holy Spirit can and will come and make things that were previously dead alive again. I thank God for all that He's done in me. But more than else, I thank the God that, that whilst I was dead in my sin, whilst I was dead in my transgressions, the Bible says that He came and made a way for me and that He is the stream, He is the, the river of God that came, flowed in and through me. And today, I am like that stream. I bear fruit. Why? Not because of Dan, but because of God. He's transformed my life. I know there's testimonies all around this place of that same story, that I was salty, I was lifeless. But now because of the stream, because of the river, because of the presence of God, I encountered Him. My whole life has transformed. Let that be the testimony that flows over and over and over and over again in our, in our church. He says that there will be swarms. Now, I thank God I've never been in a swarm of bees before. Anyone ever been in a swarm of bees by any chance? Actually, where's, yeah, where's John and Dorcas there? Where are they? They're around here. So they actually, they're beekeepers. So they're, they're awesome. Um, so then they know all about this. But you stir up a, a bees hive, then all of a sudden there are just bees everywhere. And uh, I see on uh, a YouTube thing where there's this, Actually, Bear Grylls did this, actually, where he found a, a beehive and he wanted to go get the honey out of it. And so he shoved his hand inside the beehive, got the honey, but then got stung like a thousand times on his face and his little puffy face and so forth. But I don't want to be there. But this here says that the, the swarms, which is incredible, the swarms of living things wherever this water of the river, um, of living things wherever this water, the river flowed. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea. For its waters will become fresh. Watch this. That where the fresh water went and collided with the salty water, what happens? That fresh water is not overcome by the saltiness. The fresh water overcomes the saltiness. Life will flourish. I'm declaring to you, as you find yourself being a carrier presence of of God, you will find your life will flourish wherever this water flows. We are in days where the river of God is flowing out. And I'm so expectant, so excited for what God is doing. So we see this picture of the fresh water. We see this picture then of the salty water and the fresh water overcoming. Let me give you another picture that the Lord emphasizes and and gives us. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 5 here this morning. And it's the contrast, it's the difference between light and darkness. Light and darkness. I, um, you don't need to look too far to be able to realise the world, it's a pretty dark place out there. <laughs> Give me a nod if you, if you agree. I, again, have the privilege to be able to speak with many people about the realities, both saved, but especially those who are what I would call yet to be able to enter into the kingdom of God, yet to be able to find Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. The realities of their life is that there is a darkness, there is a heaviness, there is a... There is a, um, there's a despair that, ex- that, that uh, is actually taking place in their life. And my prayer is that people will be able to indeed come to understand not just temporary, but eternal lights upon their life. And uh, verse 14 of Matthew says that you are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you. Turn to your other neighbor, you ignore the first time now, say, you. You. Sometimes you're like, um, 
what is the Bible actually trying to say here? Um, you are the light of the world. We are called to be light bearers for this dark, dark world. You're thinking, oh, it's one of these kind of messages, Dan, hey? <laughs> You're actually going to stir me up to try and do something. Like, yeah, I am. I don't want us to be content with just coming on a Sunday, being a pew sitter, doing a few raise of hallelujahs, and then getting out here and be completely unchanged for the rest of the week. <laughs> I want us to be carrying around spotlights where we can indeed pour out light into our city, where we can indeed have a boldness rising up, where we can indeed shine His goodness. I am desperate to see our community transformed by the love of God. Transforms. Not just again, a moment, but a walk with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus. And I am, um, so it says here, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What's that? Allow the goodness of God to flow in every area of your life so that others may indeed see something different in you. I wonder if we can quickly, um, can we actually, lighting, can you quickly just kill the lights for us? All right. Now I get to see who's on Facebook and on their phone right now. This is all a trick. We're in a bit of darkness right now. But here's the thing. What John speaks about is that where there is light, the light will not ever be overcome by the darkness. That just like, and I just hold with me guys, I know this is distracting, just like the, the fresh water will not be overcome by the salty water, the light, which is Jesus shining in and through us and around us, will never be overcome by the darkness. If I was to put on my little torch right now, everyone can see the light. Everyone. I want you to do a little exercise right now. Why don't you get your phones? Why don't you put your lights? Why don't you start shaking what your mama gave you? And suddenly what happens is that we are a community, we are a church, we are a gathering, we are a, a forceful moving river of God that suddenly lights up this place where what was once dark is now light again. Church, this is what we're called to be. Why don't you turn, why don't put the lights back up now? Some of you guys are like, well, what's one light gonna do? What's one light gonna do? If we start shining together, we start to see a whole move of God where people get caught up in this river and their lives are indeed transformed. You're going to love this. Okay, Dylan, come up, come up. Everyone, welcome, Dylan. Come on, come, come, come here. Okay, so Dylan has been around for how long now? About nine months, okay? And uh, what I love about Dylan's story is that he understands the difference between darkness and light. And some of us got to remind ourselves, particularly people who have been Christians for a while out there, of what it was to be outside of the kingdom, outside of the indulgence, and in light again. 
And so I'm proud of this guy. I really am. Um, he's become uh, someone I've been able to, to walk a bit of a journey with. And I've asked him this morning to come and share just a part of his story here today. And uh, very quickly he said, absolutely, absolutely. And so um, why don't you share this one on, on what's on your heart? Well, I just want to thank everyone in this church. I would have not been able to get to this stage that I'm at without the support and discipleship from everyone here. I'd like to thank Pastor Dan for introducing me. Now, today I want to share my testimony and how Jesus Christ radically transformed my life. He took me from the slums, the darkness into light. Now, I was born to a family that faced many challenges. The biggest challenge being my parents separating. Now, this challenge really affected my whole family, my siblings, and especially myself. This led me to places of darkness, of dread, feeling broken, feeling lost, and feeling disconnected. And when I turned 19, I sought out to search, to search for something to fill the void that was in my heart. I desperately searched everything to try and fix myself. And this search led me into witchcraft. I went deeper and deeper into witchcraft as time progressed. I eventually started using tarot cards, crystals, started doing stuff with chakras, all of that stuff. And thinking I was fixing myself, I wasn't fixing myself. Things ended up getting worse in my life. My life started becoming more chaotic, more depressive. It was just, I was just not having a good time. And I remember one night, I broke down. I was sitting in my car. And the only thing that I thought to fall back on was God. And I did a prayer. I prayed, God, if you're real, come and fix my life. Not knowing what that prayer was going to do, I didn't think anything of it. And at this point, I was 22 years old, and I started doing online live streams on TikTok, doing psychic readings and tarot card readings, and creating videos on YouTube about the spiritual New Age movement. And in one of my many TikTok live streams, I came across a persistent Christian. And this Christian showed up to every one of my live streams when I did my tarot card readings and my psychic readings. And eventually, this guy, his persistence, it worked. He convinced me that what I was communicating with were not guardian angels, were not spirit guides, but were demons. And my heart was so resistant to what he had to say. But over time, my heart, my hardened heart, it began to soften to the point where I allowed him to pray for me while I'm doing tarot card readings. Yeah? <laughs> and when he prayed for me, I felt this immense warmth come over me, this heaviness, and a feeling that I'd never felt before in my life. God's love. Nice. 
and I'd never felt this in any of my occult practices or witchcraft practices ever. Not knowing where to go next, I desperately grabbed onto Jesus, destroying all of my occult items, repenting of my sins, and giving my life to Jesus. A week after making this decision, I asked Jesus to reveal himself to me in a dream. And mind you, I was in Sydney City. I went to, I went to sleep that night. And I did not have that dream. I woke up that morning disappointed that I didn't have any type of sign manifest at all. So I packed up my things and I was walking to the train station. And as I'm walking to the train station, I, I'm about to enter. And it's from the street. You can just enter into the train station in North Sydney. A man named Tommy, he stops me. And he says, do you want to speak about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Wow. And I, I immediately knew that this was the sign. God didn't come to me in a dream. He came to me in person through Tommy. And then eventually he, we did some prayers and he led me through a salvation prayer. And he led me to this very church here, C3 New Hope, where I had demons cast out, I had strongholds broken, and I was healed. Which meant no more depression, no more severe anxiety, no more panic attacks, no more loneliness. It was all gone. My broken heart was healed. And out of all the searching I did in the world, in witchcraft, whatever it was, my search was complete when I met Jesus Christ. And since this moment of encountering Jesus, I've been water baptized and I've walked through the steps of freedom. And I look, as I look back over the past nine months, I see God's kindness and his mercy all over my life. My life has been set apart and I am eternally grateful for that. And I'd like to highlight the importance that the church played in supporting me and discipling me. For if it wasn't for people like Patrick, people like uh, the boys, uh, Noah, Daniel, if it wasn't for you boys, my faith would not have been able to grow to this current stage I'm at. I wouldn't know where I would be. So I thank everyone. Thank you guys. How good, hey? I feel like I just say, all right, go get your coffee, go, go home now. <laughs> um, I'm praying for many, many more Dylans. And Dylan, it's funny how you have come into a place where you have uh, been shown the way. Uh, I just, even just seeing you speak just then, I just got a picture of, uh, of John the Baptist. He was known and his whole call was make known the way of Jesus. And I uh, just declare that over your life and spit that into your world, that you'll be one that indeed points people to Jesus through your story, through your testimony. And the thing I love about Dee is that he's not just had his life transformed, but um, a quick little shout out to his family who have also seen their life turned around transformed too. And so, proud of you, mate. Bless you. And uh, more Dylans, hey, more Dylans. Awesome. Amen, amen. 
From darkness into light, darkness into light. Let me quickly go through a few thoughts. This, this month we are talking in, here we go, we have the, the, our theme is Go. And the Great Commission that most, if not all, will know about this call that God has for us as his church. And that's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the youth pastor's job. That's our job. That's the church's role. It says, when Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Everyone say go. Go, go and make disciples. Notice he doesn't say go and do some really cool services. It doesn't here say go and find yourself running really great programs. Well, those, those things are good. We obviously love those things. It says go and make disciples. It doesn't even say go and make converts. It says go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and make admirers of the church where they can come and clap you from a distance. It says go and make disciples. Don't just go and get more bums on seats. No, go and make disciples. This is our core. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you haven't already figured out, we are a Trinitarian church. We are a church that believes in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I can't wait for the next baptism, by the way, the next water baptism. Um, can you remember what date it is? Like mid Mid-March, I think it is. I sent out an email this week, but mid-March, if you haven't been baptised already, go and get baptised. It'll be the best thing that you guys can do. Um, verse 20 says, then teach. And so Jesus then says, this is what I want you to do, but this is how you do it then. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. It doesn't say teach some of them. It doesn't say teach the ones that make your ears tickle, the ones that are easy to follow. Anyone had to forgive someone that they just didn't want to forgive? Anyone had to be so showing the gentleness and kindness and compassion to people that did wrong by you? There's, there's parts of this Bible here that is greatly offensive to my flesh. <laughs> but it's actually what call, I'm called to be able, I'm called to be able to go and obey all the commands that I've given you. In other words, there is a way. There is a way that I want you to follow. And be sure of this. And I love this. I, this is the Lord, this is God, this is Jesus. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I am with you. He will be our help. He will build his church. He will prevail. He will bring the victory. It is he that will do that. And his promise is that he will always be with us. One more scripture for us here today, Acts chapter 4. And I'm praying a boldness over the church. I'm praying that there'll be a rise. I'm praying that there'll be an understanding that each one of us has the light of God. Each one of us has the spirit of God to, and carriers of God's presence to be the difference in our neighbourhoods, in our own homes, mums and dads with your children. You are the primary responsibility for discipling your children. Not Carissa in the team. You are. It's your job. The church plays and it's part and certainly supports that. But parents, you've, you've got to mentor your responsibility to disciple your children. Here in church, we want to be disciples following him. We want to see the light of the world go everywhere 
into our schools, into our universities, into our workplaces, everywhere, where we can indeed see this great commission, this call that God has given us. And so uh, Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they've been in prison. They're preaching the word of God and they are thrown into prisons. The, uh, the, uh, the, The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, they were threatened by what they were doing. And you will notice that when controlling people lose control, they try and wrestle control back as much as they possibly can. When people are feeling threatened, they will go and use force to be able to get their way and, and find themselves prospering. And that's what was happening here. And so Peter and John, they get thrown in jail. Then miraculously, they, they get themselves, they find themselves out of jail and they go on to a prayer meeting. And they, they, they pray this prayer, verse 29. And this, remember, this is... They've just been threatened. They've just spent time in jail and they pray this prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. This is the threats of the Pharisees. Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness. I'm praying, give us great boldness in preaching your word. Give us great boldness in being compassionate to our neighbour. Give us great boldness in showing undue kindness to people around us. Give us great boldness in, in exercising generosity in our world. Give us great boldness that we share compassion to a world that's so desperate for that. Give us great boldness. Stretch out your hand, he says, with healing power. May miracles and signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And I love this. Verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. (laughs) And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. They preached the word of God with boldness. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.